I care less now. I think as you get older, you can tend to care less about all of that sort of pr- that surface stuff. Um, as as you should, and the sooner you can you let go of it, the better. For yourself, you know, and then therefore you would care. Not necessarily. No, I think I care more about my aesthetic now than I did 30, 40 years ago. Oh, interesting. Well, no. Okay, so I've always cared, but I haven't made the effort and that was lack of confidence. Mm. And that also comes back to that it's a Melbourne thing, but it also can be a an insecure thing of people not wanting to seem like they care too much, certain mm. people, and I was probably one of those people. So you'd sort of just not even do anything really um, yeah we were talking about this on one of our yeah. walks like that kind of I think in high school you get very like sorted into like pretty popular girls and then mm. the other girls and then within that other girl kind of group you define yourself probably usually by being smart or funny. academic or funny or whatever and or so nice it, mm. yeah exactly but like and I think so that it's very easy to be like well we're not that kind of girl, so where we don't try mm. to look, yeah, like you know what I mean. We don't care about our weight, or we don't care yeah. about that. Like that was kind of the context we were talking about. You know that idea of like, I still feel very like awkward talking to people, say from school or even like Jackie or like Rose or whatever, just talking about weight. And I also know it can be a very triggering thing for a lot of people, but this idea of like wanting to lose weight Mm. feels quite shameful or almost Mm. like a betrayal of the kind of women that we are Mm. or the kind of girls that we've identified as and that we've kind of judged other women for caring about that or putting value on that. And this idea that by, by doing that is not, accepting yourself or not accepting your body yeah and then also not just for yourself but if if you show yourself to be a person who cares about that sort of stuff Mm. then other other people might think well then they're going to be judging me maybe or think that I need to be doing that that's right Mm. yeah like yeah and I think a lot of it is like if you don't fit in to some sort of very narrowly defined group from the beginning then you define yourself as a Outside to that. Outside, yeah. So it's everything that's maybe in opposition to what that narrowly defined sort of set of aesthetics or qualities mm-hmm. might be. So it's like I'm going to – and it's a rebellion, becomes can become a rebellion. Exactly. And I think what I've also realised is that these things get determined in primary school like popularity already yeah, saying this in primary school people will make shifts and jumps mm. from primary to high school even within high school like middle school to senior school people jumped but they work very hard and they're never fully fully accepted into whatever that like yeah. inner circle of popularism they're seen as like a hanger on on the side yeah tend to be like the little bitches of everyone like let's be honest but these things that have chosen and created in primary school, I think are also so dependent on mums. The mothers. The mums are. Yep. So it's like women are just here perpetuating these like social structures that yeah. they had themselves at school. They see the popular, cute, hot mums. They all yep. hang out. Their kids all hang out. It's yep. a thing. It is. And it perpetuates. And yeah. it's so interesting. It's so kind of fascinating 
to to kind of and I and I also think then there's this thing that maybe the, that's what those women have experienced therefore that's what they kind of value in their children's social interactions therefore those children mm. will value that as they get older and that's what they will seek in their social interactions so it's not just you know what's happening in the playground it's very much what's happening at home and what mm. those things are valued at home but it's something that I've definitely noticed as I've gone older and I cannot wait to see and experience as a mum and mm-hmm. see what that's like from that side of things. You know what I mean? Like how, like how do kids really get very shepherded and is it almost like this subconscious thing of like, oh, you hung out with that person today. And even it, maybe if you subconsciously think that kid's weird or that kid's mum is weird and maybe you have a reaction, I'm talking like prep or year one. Yeah. But what about so-and-so? Oh, I thought you said you liked Holly. And then they go be friends with Holly because you like Holly's mum and Uh, Holly's a pretty girl and that makes sense for, like, how you view yourself because, again, children are reflections of us. Yeah. You know? Mm. I don't know. It's interesting. I remember you saying all of this to me when you were probably about 14 or 15, like you were very young. And I think like anyone, mothers gravitate to other mm. mothers that are familiar and, and that are like, you know, like people. So mm. I did that, but it mm. was never that sort of conscious. Well, I don't who, think it uh, is often. Yeah. No, and I would imagine for the popular kids and their mothers, I don't think it's conscious. It's just like this a recognition. But I think there are some actually having said that. I think for the ones who are the the tryhards or the ones trying to cross lines, that is very conscious both yes. on mother and daughter and yes a hundred percent i think some women will push their kids yep. to try scale up yeah because maybe they didn't have that themselves or they yes. did have that themselves and for whatever reason the daughter is not naturally falling into yes, that yes yes maybe their daughter is not as pretty as they were i don't know but yeah, yeah it is definitely supported and it is a conscious choice a hundred percent yeah yeah and that i always feel super like Oh, it, of course, like do what you want if that's really what you what you would like to do. But I just I do think that that I can imagine would really fuck people up because the kids, yeah, yeah, definitely. because you're yeah you're you're feeling that you're only as good as like the social standing of whoever you're friends yeah. with, which yeah. is. I don't know, I think value-wise it's like it really should oh, be it's the, the quality last... of the people yeah. you're hanging out with. Oh, not, yeah. You know? It's the last wonder. it's the last mm-hmm. measure. I mean it shouldn't even be on the on the tally board. It it really is the you know, quality of the people. Exactly. And I think it's I so mean, interesting, yeah. Mm. Sorry, what I mean is quality not quality of people, but uh quality of their Character. characteristics and mm. their values. Yeah. Yeah, and, and how they are as friends. Are they good yeah. friends? And like exactly. you know I don't know the inner workings of those like popular girl groups, but we were kind of like friendly with them and would hang out with them in class and sometimes had a chat at lunchtime. And I had friends who were maybe even closer Mm. with them and just everything that I heard and everything that I've seen and just like kind of witnessed. It's like, and I know it's such a trope and I'm sure some of them were amazing friends to each other, but a good portion were not. And I look at my friends in high school many of which I'm still very close with. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I think you would have had a better high school experience if you were hanging out with us. Yeah. You know? And I'm trying to think back to my uh, my secondary school and because it was single sex. I think it changes stuff. It's, it's really different. So 
Mm. I think I'm trying to think who that. Yeah. So the pop, the the so-called. I mean, who are the popular girls? Could depend on who who you are asking, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I would say generally, yeah, they were in my broader group. But we had a really, really big group, and that kind of encapsulated the the good sporty ones, mm. the ones that were kind of high ranking with the sport, mm. the ones that were high ranking with the performing arts, the ones that were high ranking in terms of pretty prettiness and popularity. But they were also nice. So I'm trying to think of what were was there a bitchy group? No, um, there was a kind of a tough subset. Mm. It's interesting and maybe things, I mean, I think probably some things haven't changed at all mm. when, you, when you're looking at school ecosystems, but mm. maybe other things have changed a bit. I don't know. Maybe things are more clicky now than they were, or maybe it was just my cohort was not that clicky. But you see me yeah. being in that dominant, the power group. Do you remember that, um, you know, in the diary when I had who's school captain, who are the um, right. the sport, the house captains and everything sure. and like the sphere of influence and there was only one that was not in our group. Sure, um, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe being a member of the dom- so-called dominant group completely skews, I mean, it would, it would completely skew my perspective and there'd be other people with very, very different perspectives. I'm sure. I'm sure. I do think that the the single sex, not that girls' schools aren't clicky. I think they very, very much can be. But I feel like when there's guys involved, more distance is kept between the girls because there's, like, a resource to protect. And I think maybe vice versa as well with the guys. Like, everyone's just a bit like, Oh, they're treading like on I, our turf a little bit. Yeah. Like, are you trying to come and chat with our guys? Like, no. Like, yeah. that was a little bit the mentality. Because, of course, they were friends with all the cute hot guys. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. I remember you saying that sort of stuff, and we never had any of that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like, I think, one of the real <laughs> kind of in some ways downsides of co ed schools is, it's, you know, it's a. <laughs> The resources the must resources, be protected yeah. at all costs. You know, and it kind of does create a bit of a um, prowling mm. ground or, you know, as as they said, hunting ground in a way, like obviously it's yeah. very extreme. Oh, do you mean that film, the university film, Hunting well, Ground? Well, I, I meant I said hunting ground at first just because that's what I wanted to call it. Right. And I remembered that, yeah. that that's yeah. what they titled it and I was like, well, that's kind of right in a way. Like obviously, well, that did obviously happen at school to people. I know yep. that for a fact, which is yep. horrific. And, yeah. But yeah, there's kind of like space where everyone's just kind of jostling and figuring. Everyone's out checking each other out, and exactly, and, and, and the jostling. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like I do think with single sex schools for girls, that is removed from the environment. Whereas I think for guys, that's removed from an environment that creates a vacuum of like obsession like I remember talking to a guy who was like in first year uni and I was maybe in second or third year it was during prosh Mm. and he come from can you explain what prosh is quickly uh prosh is oh god I don't know how to describe it it's this thing that happens at the university of uh where it's a non-university activity, but it's got a very long history. Like I think non-official. <laughs> non-official, yeah. But it's got a very long history, I think, since essentially the university started. So like they can trace it way back to like before World War One, like mm. prosh as a thing. And I think it originally started with the colleges, but now has actually become more of a 
non-college thing than a college thing because the colleges kind of do their own stuff. But essentially what you do is it's all run by students. You're in teams. There are teams that are kind of affiliated with the the degree. So like arts, commerce, science, but then in no way official and in no way, but it's just a lot of the same people who are say involved in the clubs and society of those yes. degrees are also involved in prosh. It runs for about a week. There's a whole bunch of different events. There's judges and those are the people that were on the winning team of the previous or on the top teams of the previous years. Lily's friend Jackie yeah, heavily involved, central, involved, a central person. Yeah, she loves anything to do with competition and points. So this was literally like cabinet for her. Yeah, so she lived and breathed prosh pretty much the whole time at <laughs> uni. Um, so it's like it's this real thing that some people, you know, do it once or go to one event and that's it. And then some people like this is the highlight of their year. They take a week off work. They No one studies, no one sleeps. And I remember like, you saying there was one guy who was 30 that just did prosh. He was an ex-student and did prosh every year. Back for it yeah people come back for it people love it there's like a whole bunch of different events there's like a massive like you know the ones that people know about which are like you know the massive kind of beer crawl that you do and you have to drink mm. a bunch of beer and that's like sure that is like i would say uh, i would argue the least interesting event yeah of the whole thing like scab is like to this day so you get like i think it's like a hundred or more items on a list and you have 24 hours to make find scavenge whatever those items Mm. and then you have to like present them to the judges at judging and it can be the most bizarrest things that you're like I don't even know what they want us to do Mm. but we're gonna do it somehow anyway it's really fun and it's really funny so why were we talking about this sorry yeah now we're off now we're off in a rabbit hole you were talking oh talking to this guy that I met during yeah she was on my team Mm. and I want to say he went to or something like that. The story sounded like he would be a kid, but I actually remember thinking, like, no, he's not. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. Because I didn't know, you know, seemed like had a kind of okayish rep amongst us at that time. I'm not yeah. sure where they're at now with it. But I think it's gone a bit more. But yeah, anyway. well, then this makes sense because he was a few years younger. Mm. And he essentially was saying that you wouldn't get invited to a party at like at all you were like a social pariah at school you had no social opportunities no invitations to parties unless you could bring girls with you wow and so girls were essentially this currency that they had and Mm, that's disgusting and it's probably not new it's probably something that and it's always and and everything Mm. why are those why those ones i don't know because they're the ones that came to mind as the oldest Oh, right. Oldest um, independent, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's always been that element with the boys' schools or even single-sex schools is the people that have access to the other gender and, like, have a lot of social standing and, oh, my God, cool, they're so awesome and cool. But it was just very interesting to hear that it was, like, such a spoken, acknowledged thing. Yeah, yeah. And not just this, like, unspoken thing of, like, oh, they're cooler because they know girls. But, oh, you cannot come unless you bring, like, four girls with you. Like, oh, God, it's so, it's so Like, up. unless you go, and, yeah, and you know what the girls are heading into, definitely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And they will get drunk or they will get drugs and then that is what they are there for. And, like, this guy was just saying, yeah, it was, like, really fucked up because we this was – during nude olympics which is another uni event where you are naked and you do things and it's i would say a hundred people all at night 
on a lawn, everyone's naked, which now these days sounds insane. Like, oh my God, you can't do that. But it's probably one of the most freeing events that they do. Mm. And like one of like the most respectful events that I've been around, like it is very, very heavily policed Mm. by everyone. If anyone is ever being made up to feel uncomfortable by anyone, like that's Mm. it. And not that that's it. They're out of the event. That's it. You're out of prosh forever. You're blacklisted. You cannot join a team. Yeah. And he was just saying like, this is amazing to just see Mm. like everyone interacting like that. And I was like, that's so sad that you've gotten to the age of 18 and you're like amazed by like respectful interactions and fun Uh, of both genders naked, (laughs) you know? All all genders, but yeah. (laughs) All genders, sorry. All genders naked. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Interesting things. Anyway, I hope he's doing okay. And I hope anyone who's at a boys' school or a single-sex school who are in this weird ecosystem that is reflecting the worst (laughs) elements of, of, yeah, (laughs) of kind of our society, you know, get to uni, things get better. (laughs) Yeah. Or any school. Yeah, I was going to say any school. It doesn't have to be like a single sex. It doesn't have to be a independent school. Any school, any teenagers that are struggling, they won't be listening to this podcast. However, things do get better. Things get better.